On this episode of Paratalk, we step aboard the steamship SS Great Britain. Built by Isambard Kingdom Brunel and launched in Bristol on the 19th of July 1843. The SS Great Britain was built for the luxury passenger trade between Britain and America. She could carry 252 first and second class passengers and 130 crew. Come aboard if you dare and let's investigate the ghosts of the SS Great Britain. Welcome to Paratalk. This week's episode is going to be something a little bit different. Before I go any further, though, I've got a guest. Um, Leanne, are you there? I am here. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so I think everyone's uh, at the moment scratching their heads going, who's this? Who, who's this person? Who, who is this person that's come on the show? Um, well, uh, to let you know that Leanne is a uh, kind of an online friend. I've, I've met her through some social networks and... She showed an interest in all things spooky. Uh, so I said, well, why don't you come on to an episode and we'll talk about, uh, of course, we're going to talk about the SS Great Britain because we both hail from the great city of Bristol. Isn't that correct? We do. So I think to start with, uh, to give the listeners a little bit of a background, why don't, we, why don't you tell them a little bit about you and how you got into, um, well, the paranormal? Yeah, well, um, I'm a full-time mum, so I'm relatively busy with them. I've got a six-year-old and a three-year-old. I've been investigating the paranormal for about eight years now. Um, I started off... um, I've I've always been interested in the paranormal. Mm -hmm. I used to watch horror films as a kid. My dad would let me watch, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, It, um, Child's Play. So I kind of was a bit numbed. I guess, yeah. to horror, scary things. So I kind of like my threshold was quite high. So I was like, oh, I need this, need this buzz. I need to get this mm-hmm. fear. And then I started to realize that actually you could go and investigate and, yeah. you know, hire buildings. And I um, ended up joining a, an events company. So I was with them for about a year. And um, yeah, that's how kind of I came into the paranormal but it's always it's a big part of my life I still do investigating now um I just love it I love Mm. it interesting that you say uh watching those classic old 80s films of course everyone that listens to Paratalk will know that I'm a bit of uh someone who's stuck in the 1980s and I everything that I talk (laughs) about is relevant to 1980s but um watching those old classic sci-fi and horror films um it's kind of interesting that uh, that's kind of how it kind of kept me going as well. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, getting involved as a kid and seeing the, you know, the comics and stuff gets your brain going. But 
getting a bit older and watching those films it really does um get you uh, get you thinking and stuff you know but anyway yeah. so yeah bristol a, a great city it's got lots of things going on um so many things <laughs> yeah so many things sometimes too many things uh i say i lived there till i was about seven years old uh, of course born there but lived there and uh yeah i mean there's a lot of um strange things that gone on there a lot of history a lot of pirates and uh you know stuff that's gone because it would be in a being yeah. a very busy port all those years ago but um what we're going to talk about today is as as I think everyone knows now, is the SS Great Britain and, yeah. you know, a little bit of its history uh, and uh, some of the, the weird things that go on. I didn't know this. I mean, I don't know about you. When was the first time that you, did you ever, have you ever visited the ship uh, in dry dock? I'm disappointed to say that I haven't. Okay. Um, I haven't, but I want to. I'd, I'd like to go back uh, and visit it now that uh, I think it's, um it's only recently uh, its 50th year anniversary from coming back from yeah. the Falkland Islands. Um, but uh, I was uh, quite a youngster with the school. It was kind of mandatory that you would uh, go on a school trip to the SS Great Britain <laughs> and do a project on it. I, um, With my class, I went there. And, of course, at the time, this is this is like way back in the late 70s, uh, it was it only just come back into, into dry dock into Bristol because it sat in the Falkland Islands for yeah. many, many years as a rusting hulk. Um, but, uh, it, so back then it was just, it was just a, a hulk and, and they was, they were starting to do the restoration and now it's all been, if anyone Googles it, you can see it's all been restored to its glory. But I was completely unaware that there was spooky things going on, on, on the ship. Even like recently people have, have seen stuff. And of course, yeah. one of them to start with is, is Captain John Gray, who, yeah. uh, it was allegedly, he kind of went missing. Uh, he was it's a on, mystery. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a bit of a mystery because he was on the ship and then he wasn't on the ship. And people say, well, uh, clearly he just jumped over the board and he committed suicide. But very, very strange that that, that, a, that someone would just sort of disappear like that. And, yeah. and people have heard his um, hobnail boots, well, allegedly his boots, scratching on the ship's deck. And they think that it's possibly his ghost that has, that has come back and mm. uh, is haunting. You know, because obviously... You know, if you think about it, I mean, a ship like that has had a had a quite a, a long life. Now, I don't know what your take is on, uh, you know, the past events affecting the atmosphere, the the you know the the place where it. Yeah, like kind of like stone tape theory. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah. That type of yeah. Yeah. No, I think I think there's definitely a possibility of that. Like, um, I think surrounding the disappearance mm -hmm. of um captain gray like there's there's you know many theories you know there's like yeah he fell over the edge you know was it an accident yeah. was it intentional yeah was was it was he murdered you know so yeah. there's there's lots of theories and i think that that type of story makes it quite interesting you know from an investigator's point of view yeah that would be like my aim if i could investigate there would try to find out what really happened yeah yeah that's no that's that's it's interesting well uh, so, uh uh what's his name sonny sonny graffo 17 year old student now he was um a student of travel and tourism and he was doing work a work placement at the souvenir mm -hmm. shop and he said that uh, he recounts in a strange experience he had when he was touring the ship 
he said that he was um, looking um, at a, a deep chasm into the like the bowels of the ship, about thirty yeah. to forty, thirty to forty feet below where you know where the, the bottom part of the ship was. And uh, on the rafters at the bottom, he said that he could see what he believed was a a person uh, sat on these beams, all dressed, you know, like with a white collar shirt and a beard. But he looked really, you know, the the, the person. To him was a person looked really scruffy. Um, yeah. Uh, the the chap was sat there quite animated. He had his legs swinging, you know. Uh, but he he did look really, which made him look he looked really scruffy. He thought so. Sonny he thought it was like a a workman that uh, you know mm. that was just chilling out on on the plank, you know, and just doing his thing and took no notice of him and just carried on doing what he was doing. When he went back to um, the the storeroom, you know, the, the souvenir area. Uh, he said, I've just seen this chap down there. Is that normal? Is there work being done? And they said, oh, you've most probably seen the apparition of, they, they you know, call him Johnny. So yeah. it's uh, possibly was that, you know, uh, apparitions, They things like that really fascinate me because when you have a place that's haunted and someone sees, uh, let's just say a ghost, um, mm-hmm. sometimes people don't know they've just seen a ghost. Because yeah. sometimes apparitions can, they don't have to be like ethereal or transparent or half a person. No. Sometimes, you know, it's like a real person. And, and as, 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 yeah. as fully dimensional as you or I, yeah. there's no, you know, they're not see-through. They're, it's all, like, not all of them anyway. But mm. um, yeah, I think, I think that's a really interesting, I have actually heard that story. And I think that's a really interesting one because... I think didn't they show Sonny a picture? Yeah, they showed of, him. A, yeah, that's he was correct. Like, yeah, yeah. He was like, "That was that was him. That's yeah. who I just saw." And I think that's really, really interesting. Yeah, he he was shown a, a picture of um, Captain Gray, and he said, "Was this the chap that you saw?" And he admitted that the the, uh, the similarity between the picture and the individual that he saw below below decks was was very pretty much the same. You know, mm-hmm. very much could be that person. So that's. That is kind of fascinating that there's some sort of connection there. Yeah. But, you know, obviously the captain of the ship, you know, it being seen on there, that that's that's quite a, a quirky story in itself, considering that his disappearance as well, how he just, you know, disappeared. But in 1999, a consultant, Derek Sinclair, he was working alone one night um, at the ship's forward hold, okay? Mm-hmm. And he heard um, a very distinct and clearly sounding heavy footsteps coming down the stairs inside the former crew quarters and that was in the compartment next to him uh he was convinced that a a colleague was you know on their way down to come and have a chat or whatever and he put his head around the door and uh, all he could see was a dark empty room and of course this kind of well i think it would scare anyone it would scare me (laughs) if you're all alone on a ship and you're hearing that and there's no one there but um You know, he does. He runs out, and uh, he has to go back to the office to confirm that no one was there. And he was literally uh, only person on board on the ship. So, what do you, what do you think of that? I mean, is that? Well, I I was just going to ask: Do they have CCTV um, on the well, SS Great Britain? Well, this is 1999. Okay. Now, I would have thought that there would have been some sort of external security cameras. Yeah. Uh, because it is a quite a secure area. Um, and obviously, you, it is a yeah, it's a pay to ex- enter venue, um, but I'm not sure about on the ship. I mean, when I 
well, I was a child, so I don't remember don't remember anything like that. I wouldn't have thought back in the day, but I would have thought that there's a possibility that 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 would be a thing now, and it would be interesting yeah. to see if anything has ever been captured on uh, on CCTV because there has been uh, not to go off on too much of a tangent, but I remember a story from the uh, London Underground. Uh, this is back oh, okay. in back in the 1990s, where a security guard. Two security guards were working on a. Uh, one was doing the like walking around the uh, station platforms, making sure that no one was, you know, still in the uh, subway before it closed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was another security guard in the control room watching the monitors, and he radioed through to tell the chap that was doing the walkthrough that where he was stood on the platform, that there was a gentleman. Uh, stood next to him wow and you could see him on the cameras and that uh the guy wrote a radio back said there's no one here mate i'm on my own (laughs) oh wow so you know uh that's that's kind of a a spooky thing and uh, of course you know when you look at the uh uh, the the underground you've got the plague pits and and all that mm. you know people that lost their lives building it and uh, there's and that's another story for another time you know but Going back to the SS Great Britain, yeah, I mean that's uh, that's an interesting account, and uh, it's uh, it, but it goes on. I mean, uh, you know, it's another member of a team of the of the SS Great Britain Trust, Stuart Bob Evans. Now he reported hearing the sound of music playing within the ship uh, when when they investigated, uh, they couldn't find the source. And a Martin um, Williamson, uh, who acts as, I suppose. I, don't, I didn't know this, but they must have people that that uh, that dress up uh, in, in like in character, uh, yeah. because he apparently he acts as uh, Mr. Brunel at the visitors' attraction. He said that he saw the lower part of someone or something's legs disappear through a door. Yeah, I heard that as well. That's that's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> but also, now when you when you think of uh, we were just talking just now about apparitions, when you when you think about apparitions as you say you think about uh you don't expect people to look solid or completely you know like normal people but we're kind of in the realms now of a partial apparition or Mm -hmm. or something that is maybe uh residual that maybe it doesn't isn't intelligent what's your thoughts on uh you know residual non-intelligent and intelligent hauntings what 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 do you think the what what do you think's going on there have you got any thoughts on that well, you you get stories, don't you, of apparitions walking through walls, and when, when someone does an, so some research, they find out that actually where that apparition was walking, there used to be a doorway, mm-hmm. or you get um, apparitions where um, you know you can just see their feet, or you can just see their head because the floors have been raised or lowered yeah. since the original structure. Yeah, so yeah. things like that, I find very interesting. Mm. Um, intelligent hauntings i i don't know it's i'm like i said i'm i love the paranormal but i'm not going to pretend that i know everything about well, anything that's, tr- that's good that's a that's a so, yeah so it's i can't say that oh well this is what a residual haunting is this is what an intelligent haunting yeah. is but there's different kinds of hauntings and i think as humans we like to compartmentalize things yeah. so to make sense of things so um I think, yeah, you have the residual hauntings, which, you know, they don't interact with us. They're just going about their day-to-day routine. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, the 
more intelligent way. It's like, you know, can you turn this light on for us? Can you throw us this ball back? You know, the more interactive. Yeah. I I don't know why some spirits are residual versus intelligent, mm. but um, I don't know. It fascinates me, but I, I, I don't have any answers. Well, I think you've... Uh answered it quite well really i mean i think that uh you know with a with a with a with a with a, a building or a, a, a structure or in mm-hmm. this case a ship and it's got a lot of history um there could be some sort of attachment um through energy through atmospheric conditions so yeah we don't have the yeah. answers and i don't as i say it's i think it's good to to and it's healthy as well to say look i don't i don't know i can only give you my opinion yeah, I, exactly I, I can only tell you what I think it might be, uh, anyone that says, well, it is this or it is that, I'm a little bit sceptical that, you know, you, <laughs> I, I would rather go, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. okay to say you don't know, you know, and I say it quite often. Um, but yeah, so let's have a look. Oh, uh, um, uh, Mr. Wade, a security officer, claimed that he also had an experience with some unusual goings on whilst he was uh, on his nightly checks on board. He said that he'd seen a door move backwards and forwards and heard mm. noises on board, including the sound of locked doors slamming near the captain's cabin. So we've got, you've got activity going on near the captain's cabin. He also mentions that on one, one occasion that he actually watched the door handle turn clockwise slowly and it tried to open. Yeah. The, the door was locked, of course. It was a locked door. And he said when he used his key to open the door, there was no one in the room. Yeah, I heard that too. That's very cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's creepy. I yeah. mean, imagine being on your own and the door's trying to open and, you, and there's no one there. Oh, That's man. like a horror film. Yeah. That is like a horror film scene. But but then, he, then of course, it goes on. He said he, he heard that, uh, uh, ba- uh, he heard a, a, like a bang and heavy footsteps at the other end of the promenade deck. And then he also watched another door slam shut. And he said when he checked it, the door was locked. Um, on another night, he heard a distant voice uh, and went to the room. And he said it, the room was really cold. Uh, and then he said, I am certain I felt a presence there with me. So, yeah. oh, man. I, yeah, I mean, OK, as you just said earlier, which is very true. When we're in situations that are unfamiliar to us and that are a little bit scary we can our imagination can it's only natural for our imagination to run away a little bit um but i think that in sometimes that that kind of scary feeling we get is maybe being triggered by something external do you you follow do you know what i mean yeah it's it's kind of a you know it's it's a theory uh like anything it's an opinion it's a theory, but I don't know. Um, but anyway, so yeah, you told me that you caught up with the the most haunted team. Uh, you watched their investigation. I did. What I, I want to hear wa- your what, what? How did you? How did that go? Well, it's um, it's very interesting. I was watching it um, just because I wanted to learn more about the SS Great Britain because mm-hmm. um, you know, like we have discussed previously, there isn't a huge amount about the hauntings of the SS Great Britain. They don't promote it much. They are quite, you know, quite hush-hush about it. Um, So I wanted to learn a bit more. So I thought, you know, okay, SS Great Britain, most haunted. So I watched the episode. And I think one of the things as well is that, you know, we're talking about the sounds and the noises that come from the the boat. Yeah. 
So it's, I guess it's, it's, I don't know exactly what materials it's made of, a lot iron. of metal, a, iron, a yeah. lot of iron, there's lots of wood. And naturally, they're very creaky. You know, we know yeah. what it's like with wood when, you know, wood expands, yeah. it creaks and stuff like that. You have that in your own home. So I think it's easy to go into a location and have that power of suggestion. You're expecting something to happen. Mm. So wh- whereas when you're in your own home, the you you have those creaks and those noises and you yeah. don't think anything of it. Yeah. So it's it's easy to kind of pinpoint it and go, oh, that's paranormal because you're unfamiliar with it. Whereas I think if you were on the on the boat, you know, every day, you would get be, become more familiar with True, what yeah. is the the sounds of the ship. You know what what you know what the yeah. So that's interesting. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's an interesting look. I mean, uh, if you work somewhere, um, especially. It's just, if it's an old place, you do get used to all the the creaks and knocks and and noises, the air, the air conditioning or the heating, um, and you kind of you kind of filter that out, so you don't yeah. you don't really hear it. Uh, and then as, if something new comes along, you're like, hey, uh, I, I for an, I'm not going to go off on a, too much of a tangent. <laughs> People know I'm good at this, but uh, um, when I moved into this building, so it's an old like Victorian mansion that's made into apartments i came into this building from a modern house so yeah. a modern house is built to quite you know high standard and it's quite soundproof when you come into a building like this uh there's all these sounds going on that you're thinking what's that where's that coming from it's, you know yeah what's that and it's, it's just pipes and things moving and clunking and stuff but it's a completely different environment and you're hearing all these noises and and i think that when you go into a a place that's got history and it's possibly you you mention the ghost thing and i'm gonna i'm gonna go, I'm, I'm please you you're more than welcome to come back at me at this but when when you go into a place and you hear these uh noises and stuff i think you can get a little bit tricked sometimes and you can run away and this is the issue i've got with uh tv investigation programs not just tv but youtube and and mm-hmm. stuff i think sometimes they play for effect because uh, i'm sure you you know you've done investigations i'm i'm sure you know that somebody can say yeah it's uh definitely a ghost our old lady she pops out there she goes down there and it's amazing i saw her once you know mm-hmm. and you sit there for five hours or all day and you see nothing and then you turn around and go clearly it's uh clearly it's not haunted yeah the paranormal doesn't work like that. No. It might be another five years before no. someone might see an apparition like that. Or it might be a hundred years. So I think that with that kind of phenomenon, it doesn't work to our time frame. It, not even in our time frame. You know, yeah. if you're a... Some people... Uh, you know, I, I read lots of books and some people some people uh, speculate that in the... Uh, you know, when you pass on, if your consciousness or your, your whatever you are your energy goes on to wherever you go that you have to remember that if you're a for the for the you know for the sake of conversation you're a ghost and you're in the ghost world uh, that time is not relevant so to you in the ghost world a feeling of maybe i've been here an hour you might have been there a hundred years yeah in in our yeah in our sense of time so i think that um when you have teams that go on these you know, make these shows and and something's always happening and they're going a bit crazy and 
and running around in the dark and running into doors and stuff and going, oh, it's there. I saw it. Is his foot. It's, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I get a little bit. You, It's fun to watch. Yeah, but it it's, is. It's, I always look at it as entertainment. And it is 100%. I watch, I watch paranormal shows yeah. because especially if like, you know, during lockdown, we couldn't go on investigations. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, let's watch an episode of Ghost Adventures, see what yeah. they're up to, because I want that feeling of, you know, being oh, there. Sack's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's, it's enjoyable, it's fun. And, but it's the, it's the same. I don't watch Grey's Anatomy because I want to know how to be a doctor. Yeah, true. I watch it for the entertainment value. And, you know, I've done it. I've been on investigations where you hear a noise and straight away your your, your heart's racing you're like yeah. what is that noise you start you know the, the hairs go up on the back of your neck and you think oh my god there's something paranormal but you go and investigate and you realize it's a leak in the roof that's what was making that tapping sound so it's but you know that that process doesn't necessarily get into the tv shows because it's you know jam-packed into an hour so yeah i you know that you there's a lot of debate about paranormal TV shows. I think you've just got to take it for what it is. It's fun. I do have a question. Um, when was the, when was the, have you got a single most time when you were really scared and you thought, yeah, I oh. think I've, uh, I think oh. I've bitten off a bit more than I could chew here. Oh yes. <laughs> oh yes. So have you, are you familiar with Lantani Secunda Manor in Caldecott? No. Please tell me the story. I, I'm all ears. Oh, okay. So it's a fantastic building. It's about over 800 years old. Um, it used to house monks. That's the history. Um, I think in the 1500s, it was ended up, um, I think Henry VIII acquired the building. Cool. He never actually visited though. There's right. no records of him ever visiting, but he did own it. So I visited there in, I think, 2000 and. 2016 right. I think and it's stunning it's just a beautiful building mm. I was there with an events team that I was working with and the um we started off the beginning of the night up in the attic and there's there was rumors and stories of this very um angry malevolent spirit he apparently resided in the attic. So we're up in the attic. We're stood in a circle. We're, you know, trying to raise the energy as, you know, yeah. the events companies like to do. And one of the guests was like, oh, I can smell poo. But the the, the more swear word version of the word okay. poo. <laughs> and then the person next to her was like, oh, I can smell it now too. And, and then the person next to him was like, oh, I can smell it now too. And this this very strong sense of smell of feces right. circulated itself around the room. And, you know, it wasn't someone farting or anything like that. It was a very specific smell of someone had soiled themselves. And it wasn't, it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't pleasant. So um, later on in the evening, there was a guest with us. Um, I think her name was Sarah. Mm -hmm. And apparently, apparently there were rumors again that there was a girl called Sarah that died in the building or something. I don't know how this correlates, but that was what people were putting together. Mm -hmm. So Sarah was saying during the evening, oh, I'm feeling really, my mood feels really low. I don't feel good. I feel angry. I feel depressed. Like, I just don't feel good. 
And then one of the other guests came up to us while we were having a break in the kitchen and he approached us and said, I just want to let you know, I'm a medium, I'm a psychic medium and I can sense that there is this, the male malevolent spirit has a, is attaching itself to Sarah. So if at the end of the night you wanted me to cleanse her, I will. So we were like, oh, okay, thanks. You know, you know, we'll see how she is towards the end of the night. So a few hours later, we asked the guests, does anybody want to do an Ouija board? So Sarah turns around and goes, yeah, I'll do an Ouija board. So her and another guest, because only two of them wanted to do yeah. it, sat down at the table, very minimal lighting. One of the other team members was stood next to the table holding a torch, you know, with a hand covering it. And I'm facing Sarah and there's two other teammates directly to my left, my left hand side. And we're all focusing on Sarah doing the Ouija board. And then all of a sudden, this disgusting feces smell comes back in the room. Mm -hmm. One of the other guests turns around and goes, Oi, pooey man again, different, different word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are you are you are you following us? And then everyone started to laugh because she kind of mocked this, yeah, you know, yeah. the spirit. In that moment, Sarah, that was sat down at the table. She darted her eyes up towards me and her eyes went black. Her face changed into that of an old man and she just stared at me. If, if anyone, the look of death, you know, when someone is so yeah. angry at you, that is what I experienced in that moment. And I was absolutely terrified. I grabbed the hand of the person stood next to me, my team member, and yeah. I said, oh my God, do you see that? And he was like, I see it, I see it, I see it. And then the person next to him, my other team member, she also saw it. So there were three of us all witnessing this woman, Sarah, in her 30s, yeah. suddenly became a man in his 80s. It was the most terrifying thing I've ever experienced. And it probably lasted two or three seconds and then yeah. suddenly her face was back to normal yeah it's um that's interesting because there are a lot of um cases where mediums have have taken on a different a visual different you know they look differently they take on the 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 facial expressions of yeah the, they look like the person uh, my question is were you all in the dark or was it the room lit it, mean, was it was dark it was a dark room but so... you've enough light to see like there was another team member stood next to her um, at the table. So my so there was two people sat at the table doing the Ouija board. There mm -hmm. was Sarah and another woman, and they were facing each other. And then my team member was stood to the left of Sarah. So I was facing Sarah. So I could clearly see her face. So again, it's one of those things. It's like yeah. memory memory recollection. You know, like I I I think I'm recalling it the way I remember it. Yeah, but. Yeah. You can't be sure. No, you well, can't yeah. be sure. Yeah, that's the that's one of the the things. Uh, it, it you know they always say whenever you have an experience, the first thing you should do is 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 write it down. One hundred percent. Write it all down and document it to paper or or narrate it or something because you're as you recall it later on and it, over the time it will change and you're you know it will change and it will be different and you'll start to question did that happen or did this happen yeah. and other people will tell you i mean i've had experiences with people and we've both experienced the same thing and then six months later we'll we'll be in a conversation and i'll be saying yeah well then and then something no it come from that side didn't it and it's like hang on a minute what 
I can't remember. Yeah. And yeah. know something happened, but we, we, you start to get a little bit confused. And I think that's just human nature. We, we have to, as you, as you quite rightly said earlier, we've got this habit of when we have an experience, we have to kind of compartmentalize it and possibly like make a story out of it. Um, and, and kind of not, not sort of say it didn't happen, but your mind wants to say, no, it wasn't that. Uh, it yeah, can't that's be the that. rational part yeah, of your yeah. brain is saying no that can't that can't have happened that's not possible but um but as i say it's uh you know as with with like the ss great britain and other haunted places like what you've ex- experienced i think with the the ss great britain there's definitely something going on there uh i mean in 2005 yeah. um there were several workers on the uh, promenade deck and they saw a figure of a woman and, the, and the, when the, some of the workers approached her, she just vanished. And that was in 2005. So, yeah. you know, I think there's stuff, there's stuff still going on there. I've never, I've never, I've never been there recently. Uh, yeah. I'd like to go again. Um, but uh, I, I think that, like, as you say, like when you have shows that go on and they go on to these places and yeah, you've got to treat it as a little bit of entertainment and and when you like you said you went to this place and you had that experience it kind of changes your it kind of changes the way that you you look at the paranormal and that you look at uh history and the things that have gone you know before uh i I mean i i i did um part of my coursework was social and economic history when i was a a, when i was a teenager all those years ago Mm. and uh uh, we did a lot of um, we did a lot of visits to like uh, workhouses and stuff, and I remember yeah. us going to a workhouse. It was up, it was up north somewhere, and uh, it was a they basically made it as it would have been in the olden days, where yeah. people would go, go to the workhouse and they put all the the, the looms in. It, it didn't work; they were there for show, but it gave you a real sense of how crowded and how busy and how dangerous the uh the the buildings were uh and 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 where the people stayed they showed the areas literally uh it was maybe uh, a four foot square by four foot square area and a, and a family of up to like eight or nine people would that would be their living space wow. whilst they were in the workhouse and so the way that they would do it would be people would work different shifts so children would work a shift and the adults work a shift and they would work different shifts. And then, of course, that not everyone was in this living space at the same time. Uh, you know, there was no health and safety back then. They would get children to go under the, uh, under the looms and pick all the, the bits of fluff and stuff out of the mechanism. And, of course, children would get caught up in the looms and get maimed and, and killed. Yeah. And there was no like there was no there was no health and safety. If that happened, that happened. And if they died, they died. And of course, yeah. going back, going to these workhouses, I mean, I was a teenager. Well, yeah, I was a teenager. And um, it, it, it's weird. You get this feeling. You get this. I mean, I told a story the other week when I was on a, a stream and about when we used to, we went to a, like, you, like when you went to that old house and you go in and you can feel, you don't just see it. You feel the history. Mm-hmm. You feel it. And it's uh it's a kind of a, a tangible feeling. And I don't think any everyone picks up on that. I think that some people are more sensitive to their environment than others. Yeah. Uh, well, how, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you think that's a thing? 
I think so. I think you can be susceptible to your environment. You know, like we, we, you know, it's like, like today, for not today, but like you know, people can walk into a room and they can feel tension. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They yeah. can, or you know, or they walk in somewhere and oh, this place doesn't have a good vibe, or the energy is not great, or you know, this place gives me a good feeling. Like I think there is definitely more to energy than than I can even explain. Um, I think as well, like when I started out in the paranormal, I, my main point of interest was just trying to see a ghost, you know, like I want to, I want to get spooked, you know, but the more, the longer I've been in it, the more interested I am in the history of the building, Mm. you know? And Mm. I think that's so important to to be a good paranormal investigator. I feel like you have to have an interest in the history. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, you're kind of going in it a bit two-dimensionally and just, oh, I'm just going to find a ghost. It's like, well, why would there be ghosts there? What has happened in this building to make this place haunted? You know, and, and I think it's having respect for the building as well. Mm. And I think as well, it's it's about preserving the history of the building. So it's so easy for investigators to go into somewhere and say, well, I had an EVP that said this, or my Ouija board said this. And, and it can distort the correct history of the building. Mm. So that's where I'm coming from now is that I am very interested in the, the, what really happened. Yeah. Um, castles, all those kind of places, I'm, I'm fascinated by them. I don't know what it is about castles. They fascinate me. Yeah. Um, my, maybe because my father used to take myself and my, my brother to lots of castles when we were younger England has a lot of castles and it has actually quite a surprising amount of, of castles that are pretty much complete. Um, mm. And obviously there's a lot of ruins as well, but it, it's kind of like you go into these places and you walk around them and you look at the history and you look at the, the, the generations upon generations of people that have lived there and they've died there. They've lived their whole life there. And all the all the all, all the crazy stuff that's gone there. I don't you know, they don't like someone. They chuck you down a hole and they leave you there to rot because that's what they do and it's like all that i think impacts on the environment and all these years later there's us walking around you know with our cameras and stuff going oh i I might see a ghost (laughs) if you pick up on that and you pick up on that atmosphere you're picking up on possibly all those things all that emotion that has gone previously that has now become part of the the you know the building itself the fabric of the building yeah well like you mentioned earlier with like kind of um people dressing up in the clothing that would fit the era of the building i think that's fascinating as well because you know would that encourage the spirits to react to you more you know like it's, it's fascinating i think i think i think you know I would love to go to some old Victorian building, dress up in Victorian attire and just see how that would inf- like, you know, influence the the spirits to interact more. I think, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's an, you could say that it's a, it's a trigger object. It is a, yeah. another trigger object. You know, people go into buildings and they put certain things down that are relevant to like, let say there's a little child, allegedly a little child that haunts it and they'll put toys down and stuff. Yeah. And Waverly Hills is kind of... Uh, uh, the the old tuberculosis hospital in America that, yeah. that's kind of like famous for being haunted by children and they put like balls down and toys and stuff 
Um, and, they, and apparently they have interactions with them. They have the balls move around and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it, there is a possibility that putting tri trigger objects down or, or, you know, dressing in period dress of the era that you're trying to um, excite or interact with is, you know, a, a possibility that that would in, increase it. As, as same as if you go on um, an investigation and you, if you're all there and you're like, we're not going to see anything or, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not really into this, then you're not really going to see anything. But if you go there and you're all happy and you're into it and you're full of energy, uh, and in some way you as individuals are all acting like little mini batteries and you're charging the yes. atmosphere so that there's a possibility that it's not, it's not a... It's not a wish fulfillment. It's not because you want to experience something. It's, so I, I yeah. think that I kind of go, I go with that kind of philosophy that you have to be, you you have to be as an individual, you have to be in the right uh, mindset to do to do an investigation. You yeah, you've got to be open. Yeah, that that's the word. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, you have to have an open mind, but you also have to be in in the mindset that if you do experience anything understand that what you're experiencing is possibly something that maybe isn't aware of you it, yeah. you're just kind of watching something happen i mean I, I i've never seen an apparition i've never seen a uh, what you would say a ghost i've had experiences where i believe that something i've heard or or felt isn't what i would say normal uh mm -hmm. but i i don't know how I think at the end of the day, if you did see something like that, your whole mind is like, what what's going on? I, I can I I can't process what I'm experiencing. Yeah. I've <laughs> never seen I've never seen a an apparition or anything that I could say definitively that that is a a ghost. Mm. I would love to. Like I say that in the I say that in daylight. Oh, I'd love to see that, but um in a pitch black room on my own, yeah. I don't know whether I would. <laughs> You remind me of uh, an account of the uh, an author that was an investigator, um, Peter Underwood. He he wrote oh, yeah. a book. Um, he wrote many books, but one of my favourite books that he wrote was Nights in Haunted Houses. Uh, it's an amazing book. It's a, basically it's a compilation of all of his, uh, well, a large percentage of his investigations, and they're mm -hmm. very well detailed as well. They go to um, Chingle Hall. Uh, which is an old fifth goes back to like fifteenth century, and uh, they're doing an investigation there. And of course, they they've lots of things going on there. And he's in a room with a another uh, investigator. In the room is known to have uh, activity in it, mm -hmm. and uh, it's the dead of night. They're both in the dark, and they hear these footsteps, boots with spurs on, like yeah. you know you use for riding a horse. And he hears them come up the stairs and they walk along the landing and then the door doesn't open. They come through the door, the sound, and they wow. walk They walk into the room and they, these two men, Peter Underwood and the other investigators, sat in the corner of the room against the wall. They hear them walk right up to them and then stop. The footsteps turn around and walk back out of the room. That's so cool. Yep. Yeah, I haven't said the scary part yet. Oh, <laughs> Ruin the punchline. Yeah, the the scary bit is that they're hearing feet, boots on wooden flooring. Okay. Okay. The room that they were in now is carpeted. No. So the footsteps come right up to them and stop, as if it knows they're there, <laughs> and then it turns around and walks away. 
uh, out back out into the room into the hallway and that's then... ex- that's exactly what i was thinking when you told me i was thinking it's like he kind of walked in like stopped over them yeah sussed that like kind of looked at them and was like what and then just turned around and walked away scary i mean i i advise anyone anyone that wants a great read is nights and haunted houses by peter underwood yeah. is amazing book it's an amazing book and it's got some great accounts but as i say yeah i mean it's uh you can go on forever with it i think that uh you know it's um with the paranormal it's uh it's an open book and i think that for forever i think we we're, we're going to be questioning what we're experiencing and and i hope that uh these kind of places like the ss great britain to be investigated properly to to really uh, have a team yeah. there that are not i wouldn't say no nonsense i mean because obviously you know they have to have a little bit of fun but to to set up some equipment i know there's been you know they have they do have spooky tours and stuff but i mean a proper scientific investigation and i think that if you do have these investigations not just with the ss great britain but with other places i think you would answer a lot of questions rather than just going there and you know i know there's people out there like you know you've been involved with teams that you do vigils and stuff and uh you know there is a budget you you can't no expense spared it's yes. not it's not possible and i i would love as i i I've mentioned many times on episodes that I, w- I would love to do a like a, a weekend vigil in a house that definitely has has known paranormal history and to do a stay over with a group of people who are all like minded, but are also willing to mm. uh, take it that little little bit more seriously and make notes and recorders and also do recordings from it so that you can capture the moment of every everything being recorded everything being filmed so you know that would be amazing but as i say it does cost money yeah so yeah but it anyway does. so have you got uh, i think we've reached uh, i think we've reached the end of this episode uh not to say it's been it's been absolutely amazing having you on and i'm it sure Thank you. Uh, don't worry people i'm sure leanne's going to be back for more episodes um but have you got any final thoughts or anything that uh you'd like to say on the paranormal oh i just i don't know i just i love that there is so much passion about the paranormal i think you know like with everything in life everyone has different viewpoints you know people are people come from it from different angles i just think like if we could all work together you know (laughs) just yeah just kind of let egos aside just we're all people just trying to find out what happens after we die it was something that i was thinking when you mentioned about the um Mm. the underwood story and hearing the wood in a room that was actually carpeted that to me just blows my mind because it then starts opening up the possibility of like well it's that isn't happening in our realm because in this room right now it's carpet so is does that open up the possibility of like everything's it's like different dimensions and that just blows my mind so um yeah i just i just on a final note just i love the paranormal and let's just let's just work it's, together it's a lovely dream leanne it's a lovely dream <laughs> <laughs> well there you go um it's been it's been great having you uh i think that um i think yeah, it's uh, been brilliant well, we've nearly i think we're fast approaching one hour so it's we've been certainly uh having a good old good old chat um I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Uh, remember that uh, for the podcast feed of your choice, um, any any reviews are uh, much appreciated. The main website, paratalkpodcast.com, is where everything can be found. 
And uh, until uh, the next episode, have a nice day.